Hey everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we're joined by Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor, Certified Financial Planner, and we have seen a wild last week, or two rather, when it comes to both the U.S. credit rating and bank credit ratings. This out of Natural News, it says, Moody's cuts credit ratings for 10 small banks and mid-sized U.S. banks, sending bank stocks plummeting. Now, <clears throat> this comes just about 12 days after the U.S. debt credit rating was downgraded, only second time in nation's history, uh, we have lines like this out of budget.house.gov. This is a wake-up call to get our fiscal house in order before it's too late. I do believe that it is likely already too late, and I believe that this is a conspiracy by a lot of these people in power, even within the banks that are going under to bring us down. I mean, ESG is a great example of that. But, you know, we've seen this before, but not to this extent. And we're going to kind of uh, draw comparisons between uh, this set of Reuters from August 5th, 2011. U.S. state or United States loses prized triple A credit rating from S&P. And of course, Moody's cut ratings of 15 banks back in June of 2012. Morgan Stanley down to notches and that was obviously a huge story at the time but remember you're coming out of uh you know the recession they didn't really come out of it they just papered it over but that was at the end of the line there and you know we have a lot of warnings from a lot of people that you know we respect people like robert kiyosaki who we've had on our show many times it says america is on a collision course for a debt disaster warns author robert kiyosaki so what i want to kind of do today is talk about this most recent issue uh, with Moody's cutting credits of 10 small banks and uh, mid-sized U.S. banks. And those banks, of course, include um, M&T Bank Corp., Webster Financial Corp., BOK Financial Corp., Old National Bank Corp., Pinnacle Financial Partners, Inc., and Fulton Financial Corp. all saw a downgrade, while Northern Trust Co. and Cullen slash Frost Bankers, Inc., are also under review for possible downgrades. They, you know, Moody's also issued a negative outlook for 11 different lenders, including PNC Financial Services Group, Capital One Financial Corp. That's a big one. Uh, <clears throat> Citizens Financial uh, Group Inc., Fifth Third Bank Corp., Regions Financial Corp., Ally Financial Inc., uh, Bank OZK, and Huntington Bank Shares. Inc. So we're going to go into this and more. I find this extremely important to kind of draw those comparisons. Uh, but of course, before we do, my friends, I urge you to check those links below. We have a bit.ly link for Tim Pachote, the Liberty Advisor. You could go over there and sign up for a free initial consultation of a free portfolio review. And it takes 10 seconds to go in there. If you're serious about your money, if you're worried about your you know mainstream financial advisor, go and check that out and sign up for a call because you know again your money is obviously important to you and you need someone that actually knows what's going on and is awake to all the stuff that's happening right now to make sure uh to the best of his ability that he can battle this insane financial trend we're witnessing right now also i urge people to go check out heavensharvest.com for long-term storable foods that are non-gmo we have organic kits heirloom seeds water filtration and storage and books on how to get started use code wham w-a-m and you get free shipping on much of these products again this is another thing that correlates in a funny way with finance here because food is one of the greatest currencies you could possibly have most people are working so they can eat well what about when the currency isn't worth anything and food is not on the shelves what will you do then so i urge people to go and check out heavensharvest.com and again that's code wham w-a-m so anyway 
And by the way, I, I want to give a shout out to London Real, who's been posting our content on their channel. If you're watching on there, make sure to check out Rumble, BitChute, Bandot Video, and look up World Alternative Media if you want more info on links, etc. But Tim, this is a really crazy story we're witnessing right now. It's historic. We're seeing Moody's cut credit rating for 10 banks. We see, um, of course, U.S. debt credit rating downgraded just on August 2nd here, uh, and, and that was done by Fitch Ratings. Draw some comparisons here and wh why it's different this time than last time in 2011 and then 2012, uh, for that matter, um, when, of course, other banks were downgraded and the U.S. Uh, credit rating was downgraded. What, what, is, what is the difference and what are the comparisons? Well, of course, this was in a pre-pandemic world in 2011. And the only thing that I think is kind of funny through all this is you mentioned Moody's, how they're going through and had a big rash of downgrades. But Moody's is the only one that hasn't actually downgraded the U.S. debt. So Fitch downgraded in 2011, also in August of 2011. And, uh, and I believe that they had a significant backlash and repercussions for doing so. So and I think right. certain contracts were lost. And, you know, and so maybe that's why they had to wait another uh, 12 years for another uh, for S&P, which stands for Standards and Poor's, which is actually probably a good leading indicator of what, uh, you know, the they, them, those the government wants is everyone. They want the new standard for everyone to be poor. But ultimately, What's different this time is you have, well, A, we, you know, we're in that much debt, more debt than we were in 2011. Right. We've got that much more, you know, metaphorical rope to hang ourselves, uh, you know, as a, as a country over here. But the other big thing that's going on, you know, if we take a look at uh, the Federal Reserve Economic Database, or FRED, right now we're taking a look at the M2 money supply, which is a, a broader supply of uh, indicator of, of money flowing through the economy. And what you can see is that historically this thing has always been going up, 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 up. I mean, if we go back to, I mean, actually, I didn't pre-check this out, but, you know, we go back to 2011. I mean, this is, you know, this thing, thing started ramping upwards and, and on an upwards slope. Now, this is really the only time that you yeah, can see crazy. any sort of uh, deviation. And now the money supply has actually contracted. Uh, then we take a look at, uh, you know, all deposits, commercial banks. I mean, what do we see? Everything is up and to the right. Everything, you know, keeps going up, 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 up. And uh, up until now, uh, which up until now was to, uh, February of 2022 or March of 2022, when that's when the Federal Reserve started hiking rates. So, you know, we're, it looks like the actual apex was in uh, April of 2022. Uh, and where is money going? Money is now headed over to the money market funds. So what we're seeing now is, you know, record amount of uh of uh, capital that has gone into money market funds because can you just scroll up a little bit so they could see our our photos oh, over top sorry. perfect yeah yeah and so I mean <laughs> one of the commentators who I do like is uh, Gregory Manorino and one of the sayings yeah. that he says is you know money just doesn't fly away and go to money heaven so money if you sell something you sell out of the dollar well unless it's just going into the mattress and having physical cash. Uh, it has to go somewhere. So it either has to go into a commodity or it has to go into Bitcoin or uh, crypto, which is obviously a very, very small market cap relative to the totality of you know, all the uh, fiat money instruments that are out there, or it has to go into the S&P 500 or it goes right. into real estate or gold and silver. It, it has to go somewhere. And so one of those somewheres lately has been money market funds or has been U.S. treasuries. And so people have been pulling money out of the banks and then going to money market funds because they're getting paid more to do so. And so it just makes 
uh, you know, ultimately people are going to do what's in their own best interest. And right now it's in their best interest to put into a money market fund versus uh, a bank because they're paying more. And so ultimately the money, the most of the money creation in this country isn't actually done at the Federal Reserve done, level. It's actually done at the banking level. Yeah. I would invite people to watch uh, Hidden Secrets of Money Part 4 by Mike Maloney. I know Josh and I both interviewed him you know, a few times. And uh, what I would... Uh, and, and ultimately, what you're looking at is a decreasing money supply, then that means that banks are in contracting mode. And if banks are in contracting mode, they're also pulling credit lines. Uh, they're trying to shore up their own finances. They're worried about the consumer being able to pay them back. So they're cutting credit limits uh, on lots of people. I know lots of people who have had this done recently, businesses that have had this done recently. And so if banks aren't in the business of creating more money, uh, then in your, in your contraction mode and all things being equal, then those banks are then going to have, you know, a really rough go of it. And that's exactly what's going on. So they can paint, you know, the picture as pretty as they want. If we can go back to one more uh, screen over here from Fred. Again, that's the Federal Reserve Economic Database, not just uh, some intern named Fred working for us. <laughs> but uh, if we take a look at Fred, this is the bank term funding program. And what we're seeing now is, you know, it's hitting, you know, let me see if it's, I mean, it, it just started this year. So, uh, you know, and so basically what is going on here and the whole reason there hasn't been this, you know, absolute melee going on is that the banks are able to take their bonds that have lost money and they're able to turn those bonds into this special uh, funding program that the FDIC and the Federal Reserve just conjured up out of nowhere. And they're able to turn those back in and get 100 cents on the dollar for a one-year loan. And then that was actually something that I theorized that they would do a year before they did it on video. Now, this has masked a lot of problems. So if people want to say, oh, things are going so great. And well, why is the BTFP program hitting all-time new highs if it's if things are going so great and going so swimmingly. And now one last concept that I want to talk about, and this was a concept I talked in the very first podcast I ever had in 2016. Every major show that I've been grateful to be on, it's something I mentor is interest rate risk. So when interest rates go up, the underlying values of the bonds go down. It's sort of like a teeter-totter. And so if you used to be able to get paid half a percent for a bond, and now you can get paid five and a half percent, no one's going to want your half a percent bond. So there is a mathematical formula to figure that out. And so you take the duration of the bonds, let's say a 10-year bond, for every 1% rates go up, that bond will roughly lose 10%. So interest rates go up 1% or 100 basis points, a 10-year duration bond will go down by 10, goes up uh, 2%, you're looking at you know going down close to like 22%, goes up 500 basis points, like what happened, you're looking at almost a 50% reduction, or they'd call it a haircut, but you and I, we'd have to take that haircut. Now, you and I wouldn't because we were Hopefully, you know, we weren't uh, ignorant enough to buy these long-term bonds. Or if you had a financial advisor that was putting you in 10-year bonds, uh, you have to ask, your, ask him, you know, what were you thinking? I mean, this was always going to be the case. And, as, and then I'm one of the few people not Monday morning quarterbacking this, and even having a question that made a Jenny Ellen in 2016, yeah. asking her, <clears throat> basically foreshadowing what went on with SVB and all these bigger banks. So the thing that's going, that's different this time is that people are actually pulling money out of the banks, whereas in 2011, people, when they got scared, they were putting more money money back into the banks and this yeah. time you know it's a completely different situation and we've got that much more debt as a country to just completely uh, you know almost checkmate us at this well, point well speaking of that Tim um, we know that well, the interest uh, what was the interest in 2011 versus yeah. now probably like 200 billion oh yeah and now it's a yeah. trillion yeah and inflation all these yeah, different things that, that play yeah. into that but hey you know I uh, that was something that I was kind of thinking about was you know there were recent studies done that showed that about 42,000 banks worldwide have the exact same uh, risk that um, SVB did. 
and are on the same line, which is almost every bank in the world, by the way. I think it is basically every bank. So basically, you're, no one's safe. And even if they were like only 1% right on that, that's still like 42 banks. And actually, that would be 420 banks. Hey, there we go. And if there's 420 banks going down, that would be a catastrophe the likes of which we ha we've never seen in recent history. But we're talking 42,000 have that. Uh, kind of rating right now well, or is by the looks of their balance sheet and their cash to deposit ratios and all the debt that they have it, it is a massive massive bubble it, it's money they do not have they're claiming they have this money but it's invested in different things it's like when people say elon musk has like 250 billion dollars he doesn't actually have 250 billion dollars it's mostly in in stock in fact most of the time when he gets paid he asks for stock he doesn't actually get paid in currency so generally speaking yeah he's very rich but he does not have that money it's way more dangerous when the situation is that the banks don't have that money when the banks say oh yeah well, i have this balance sheet okay well let's look closely it's like we dig into it a little bit Okay, um, cash deposit ratio, da, 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 da. Okay, oh, so you have um, less than 1% of your deposits in cash. Well, that isn't going to work out in a bank run. And, of course, we see what the FDIC is actually insuring versus what they claim they insure. And we've gone over that before, and I think it was like 0.666% or something like that, which is an interesting number that, that keeps was, popping yeah, up. That was the pension benefit The pension benefits, that's right. Which is also has exposed to the exact same issues as all these big banks. So what underpins... Basically, the entire global financial system is the 10-year U.S. government yeah. bond. And so when you have a 10-year U.S. government bond, actually, if you want to flip over to uh, my computer screen over here, which is almost at 4.2%, uh, we're taking a look. And actually, if we just back it up a little bit, so let's go on a five-year chart over here. I mean, we'll see that. I mean, this thing was basically like, what, like 0.4 or something? Point six, yeah, down to less than half a percent. Uh, during the doldrums of 2020, and now it's up. Uh, I mean, now this is the 10-year, but you've got you know almost everywhere else in the year yield curve is basically over five percent. So uh, you know, once you're to two years, 4.97. So you know, every anything under two years, you're looking at over five percent. When this stuff was like 0.1, 0.2% just a couple years ago. So when you have the thing that underpins the entire global financial system, basically the Federal Reserve's policies caused it to lose half its value immediately. And then Janet Yellen's up there being like, oh, you know, these are, you know, risk-free U.S. government bonds and how dare SVB. And yeah, maybe SVB had a few things that they were doing that were a little bit different with some, you know, tech stuff and, and underpinning some of that. But, that. but the main thing they got in trouble for is that they had billions of dollars of unrealized losses from U.S. government bonds. And so when you have the Federal Reserve hike these interest rates up recklessly 500 basis points, they should have been hiking. First off, there shouldn't even be a Federal Reserve. Second yeah. off, if there is going to be a Federal Reserve, it's much better to let even just like the market d dictate what the interest rate should be. And the interest rate should have been going up 12 years ago. This should have never gotten to this point. And I had the question that made it to Janet Yellen in 2016, uh, June 22nd, 2016, asking her, well, what's going to happen when you guys are forced to raise rates, not because you want to, but because you have to. And now all of a sudden, instead of making all this money, all these banks and the Federal Reserve, you guys are going to be losing all this money. What are you going to do then? And she laughed and said it was impossible, then retracted her laugh and said, you know what? There is one scenario where it's possible that things are going so great in the U.S. that we need to forcefully raise interest rates to slow things down, and wouldn't that be such a great problem to have? Well, now, guess what? Now you're the Treasury Secretary, and you're going out there making all the little runs everywhere around, trying to placate all the investors. Well, meanwhile, at the time, I was like 27 years old. Well, how the hell was I able to figure this out back then? Actually, I was probably 30, but yet 
she couldn't figure this anyone out. Anyone that gets into the Austrian the... economics of stuff, instead of focusing on the Keynesian and, and the Marxist theory that they unfortunately do at the Federal Reserve, at least uh, evidently by what they by the, their own actions, um, would know more. And the thing is, Janet Yellen, almost everything that she does say. Do, it doesn't come true. I mean, oh, well, we'll never see another recession in our lifetime. Uh, inflation is transitory. Um, everything we, we have the best economy ever. And then like a couple months later saying, oh, well, the U.S. dollar will lose its reserve status in the coming years, slowly but surely. Oh, Janet Kramer. That's a pretty huge thing to say. That's a pretty – yeah, it's Janet Yellen, Kramer, and Powell. And Powell is actually right more than Yellen and, and but does all these things anyway. It reminds me of uh, – of, of uh, Alan Greenspan because Alan Greenspan was a big free market guy and a big gold guy and a big um, like he actually called himself an Austrian economist at one point in the 60s and Ron Paul interviewed him for some um, uh, from some journalism that he was doing in the 60s which he talked about in the book and the Fed which is really interesting and look what happened to him you have to be evil to do what he does because he actually knows the difference is Janet Yellen is actually stupid and is being used as a tool um, Powell is Pretty stupid and is being used as a tool. But again, if you read some of well, Powell's writings years ago, he worked underneath Janet Yellen at the yeah. San Francisco Fed. So I mean, so that was one of my my first problem with Donald Trump. And this is not to make this a Trump bash fest because I was a gigantic fan of him on, in 2016, hoping that he'd have have some actual real change with the Federal Reserve. And so as soon as he picked Jerome Powell, I knew the gig was up. Like okay, yeah. you had one shot to you know, and actually one of the guys he wanted to pick, I think was John Ellison or James Ellison, who actually wanted to end the Fed. I sort of like a. Uh, a Ron Paul type guy, and, and he was a major bank CEO, so you, know, you could have picked him. You could have. Well, and then it. Trump is like throughout his whole administration, damn the Fed, damn Powell, and all these people are terrible. They're destroying our economy. He said it was the worst decision he made. Well, this is you know prior to I think this was like 2018. I think he made this pronouncement, so I don't know yeah. if it's the worst now. But at the time, he said the worst decision he made, and I was getting torn up by people online constantly, like 5D chess. You're not smart enough for this. Well, guess what, Donald Trump. Even though he, he might be good intention, well, the road to hell was paved with good intentions. And yeah. he was obviously fooled by somebody like Jerome Powell, who was because he was out there on the campaign trail yeah. talking about how bad it was what Janet Yellen was doing everything and how bad it was that, uh, you know, they were going through and, uh, you know, kept expanding the money supply. And this was one. And then he picks someone that that's exactly bubble. like her. And then um, in comes Biden and he keeps on uh, Jerome yeah, Powell, which yeah, tells you everything. Yeah, the same guy. Yeah, the same yeah. guy. So. Well, and, and, you know, one of the things you kind of mentioned earlier uh just regarding inflation and all that i i just uh, and the federal reserve just existing in the first place i think a lot of free markets and free markets are something that we desperately need we haven't had it since well the, the only thing left of it is the garage sales and the flea markets that aren't attacked by you know uh, government officials and bureaucrats trying to steal money for taxes often but um it, it's sense when they're trying yeah. to shut those down yeah which yeah there's a lot of examples of that i actually did that once in canada i set up a lemonade stand because i saw adam Coquette do that years ago but anyway what's what's interesting about it is that people all of people's problems well the vast majority of them with free markets and capitalism and like real capitalism in like free market capitalism not corporatism corporate fascism people's biggest problems with free markets always seem to be oh well monopolies this kind of monopoly that kind of monopoly and almost all those issues can be um remedied and people would have much more money to spend and all these different things if there was not a Federal Reserve. And then on top of that, the regulations and the taxes, which prop up big corporations while pretending to save uh, small businesses and, and stop big corporations. It's all, you know, that's their 3D chest or 4D chest. So that's the thing. If we had a free market without any involvement from the Federal Reserve, I actually talked to an economist years ago. He was a pretty smart guy, but he was like, yeah, but if we had completely free markets, 
what would happen? Like people don't have money. Uh, all this, uh, this stuff would go up in value. And I, I'm like, no, you, you have to acknowledge a free market without the Federal Reserve in the picture. If you have that, then you have free market competition. Then you have the best product for the best price. Then you have smaller businesses competing and still having a market for themselves if they're not the top one. But not, not everything is uh, you know coagulated into one or two businesses like Walmart or Target. So I find this extremely important. The reason you know Walmart and Target are so big is well, and Target's actually been defaulting a lot, but uh, especially Walmart is because they go after all small business competition under the guise of helping them, and then they raise taxes, and those taxes and regulations that Walmart can easily get around then fall back in the hands of um, the small businesses. The small businesses go, I can't keep up with this, and they go under. And now if you take the Federal Reserve out of that image and you take the regulations and the taxes out of that image and you just focus on competition, which does everyone well and means everyone has more money in their pocket, everyone has – you don't need taxes because then they could just give into a, a charity and people would have enough money in their pockets and purchasing power with the competing currencies that it wouldn't be such a big deal, then you don't have to spend a trillion dollars to keep people alive after you bankrupted them, after you destroyed their currency, after you destroyed the markets, after you destroyed pe people through regulations and taxes. This is – is one of the bases of freedom and individual free markets. That's Austrian economics. But alas, what do we see today? They create a multi-tiered system so that everyone can complain about this and forget about that. And there's always going to be other things piling on. So if you get rid of this problem, there's still all these other problems. And those inflame and grow bigger because they are part of a structure. And once part of that structure is gone, it starts to wobble and then everyone ends up poor. What you need to do is strip away the whole system and unfortunately, start over because it's it, we got to pull the Band-Aid off because this is getting worse and worse. And that's more and more decades of people suffering, impoverished, starving all around the world. So when will we get there? That is a question. And will people understand enough when everything goes down how to get around this obvious catastrophe of, you know, historic proportions? Anyway, Tim, you got some stuff up there. Yeah. So getting back to the free market. A free market does not have a central bank. One of the ten uh, tenets of communism from Karl Marx, number five, centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of a national bank with state capital and exclusive monopoly. That is the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. And then we've got six, centralization of the means of communication and transport to the heads of the state. 15-minute city. Already, yeah, 15-minute city, already have that. And, and you know, so then free education for all children in public schools, combination of agriculture and manufacturing. I mean, it's just like a progressive income tax, uh, abolition of all rights to inheritance. I mean, we're pretty much at just about every single one of these on here. That to sounds some like the World degree. Economic Forum's goal for sure. And so ultimately, if in a free market system, every transaction is going to have some sort of currency or money component to it. And when you have a central bank dictating the price of money through interest rates, that is not a free market system. So the free market gets blamed for all the basically uh, ills of socialism. The, and, the literal and opposites. That's what's crazy. That's what's so crazy about it is how often I see free markets blamed for the literal, um, you know, problems that stem from socialism, communism, Marxism, and all these things. And of course, socialism is built in order to eventually collapse into communism. Uh, most uh, famous communists will acknowledge that we build socialism first to ease into it and then it all comes collapsing down because socialism obviously doesn't work and it's evil and then it moves into the worst evil of all which is communism and look you know we look at people always say well these countries are capitalist you can't call a country capitalist because capitalism is inherently not political they've changed the definition to call it a political movement it's not a political movement it's a human movement of 
individuals making decisions on their own and consenting to their own actions without hurting other people. And if someone does, then the market says, hey, I don't like that guy. He's hurting that those people. And we have a thousand other options over here than that business there that's doing this thing, discriminating, uh, not paying employees, using slave labor, all that. Well, now you don't have a monopoly that props up Walmart and Apple who use slave labor, literally, while they virtue signal about how bad capitalism is, even though they benefited from that in the beginning and because of regulations, taxes, and inflation, they were able to build up this structure. Instead, you know, people say, okay, well, that is capitalism. No, it isn't, and it is not political, and people can debate me to the death about this. The original definitions, if you go back to the 1800s of capitalism, has absolutely nothing to do with politics. It's the lack thereof. It's human beings shaking hands. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so at one point you had mentioned how you know they were basically destroying everything. Well, the goal is to destroy everything. There is a Cloward and Piven strategy. Cloward and Piven were uh, a formerly married couple out of Colombia that were one of uh, Barry Sotero, better known as Barack Obama, or I guess Michael Obama's boyfriend. You guys might yeah. know him as uh, the former president. Yeah. But uh, Barack Obama and his teachers were Cloward and Piven, and their whole strategy was to be able to overwhelm the U.S. welfare system, uh, overload ev all these different entitlement systems, Systems, wait for everything to collapse and then rebuild it in the image that they want to. And so you never let a good crisis go to waste, which was Rahm Emanuel, one of Obama's like chief, I think, chief of staff or his first chief of staff. Mm -hmm. And so this is the game plan is to do this. Now, the richest people in the world, now, a lot of times, you know, poor people are associated with socialism because they the left has done a really good job or the fake left has done a really good job of basically branding themselves as people that care about people. We all know that that's a bunch of yeah. BS. But when you take a look at it, the richest people in the world are the ones uh, basically trying to push all these different isms. So whether it's socialism or communism or fascism, it's always one or two people at the top or a very small select group of people at the top who are then uh, you know, living like kings, who are then dictating uh, the way of life on everybody else. But they're in there sitting high in the hog, you know, living in mansions while everybody else are just acting like a bunch or unfortunately a bunch of peasants. You had Wall Street funding the Bolshevik Revolution. There's a whole book by Anthony Sutton on that. You have uh, you know, a lot of the British Which aristocracy. It's funny, by the way, it's ironic because again, people blame capitalism, but that is them funding the literal opposite of capitalism by going uh, or look Russians. at you talk about this all the time, Mao. I mean, I mean, it was the U.S. that put Mao into power, and I know that you have done. You know, if anyone has been listening to our videos for any amount of time, saved them from starvation when communism did what communism does, which is fail. When they were, I think, in their uh, seventh starvation event or something, and Henry Kissinger is like, "Hey, here is a helping hand. It'll destroy the U.S. in ten or twenty years, and thirty years." But 1972, I believe it was. It was like, "Hey, we'll save you from starvation. We'll create a monopoly in your favor to help prop you up." And look at it now. They used it as a breeding ground for technocratic. Yeah, he, was a, he was a Yale student. He wasn't just some like random Chinese guy that just happened to make it over there. And then a lot of times people also, uh, you know, when we are start looking at other countries, well, a lot of other countries were either overthrown by the CIA or all these different alphabet letter agencies and then putting authority. And, and really, it, I don't really like getting hung up on these different isms because uh, really the main ism that they all are or authoritarianism. And so you know, Geo Griffin is right to talk about this. It's individualism versus collectivism, or you know, you can maybe say you know, tell you know, you've got obviously you've got you know, authoritarianism, totalitarianism over here as well, and so that yeah. is ultimately where everything is going to all. And really, you know, when you take a look at the Democrats and Republicans, you know, they're fighting for this little sliver over here, you know, still towards the authoritarianism side, and no one is is 
at all anywhere close to the individualism side. And so this entire ethos of everything this country was founded for has been completely uh, disbanded. And a lot of people have no idea what this country was even founded for to begin with. But you know, one last quote I want to talk about is Buckminster Fuller, Fuller, who said, you never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. This quote has been cited in various sources, blah, blah, blah. And uh, Fuller also says, believe that you cannot change how someone thinks, but you can give them a tool to which they will lead them to think differently. So, I mean, ultimately what this is, I mean, at, at least, you know, we see dollar bills behind us and, uh, you know, the imagery. But ultimately, this is, you know, one of the reasons why I think something like Bitcoin and different decentralized technologies and privacy coins are so important. Because, you know, instead of fighting the Federal Reserve, well, we've got a whole different ball game over here that doesn't involve you guys. And now you see them trying to rush in to get into it, whether it's BlackRock rushing in, whether you've got Jamie Demon, who back in 2017 was saying he'd fire anybody dumb enough to even trade it on their own. And now JP Morgan's, you know, talking about how great this is. And so, you know, all the rats now are starting to enter this world because they know that they need to have some sort of hand in this. Uh, uh, you otherwise, mean this, you mean this JP Morgan Virgin Islands demanding $190 million from JP Morgan Chase in case involving Jeffrey Epstein, that one, that, that bank. Yeah, the one that didn't uh, shut down Epstein ever. But, I mean, they shut down Kanye West. So, yeah, you know, yeah. that <laughs> tells you everything you need to know, which yeah. actually just proved Kanye kind of right. But anyway, my point in this video is to hope that you guys are listening and you hear a few things about economic theory that you pr might not have heard before because I used to go into this all the time in my videos. And uh, it's been a few years since I really just focused on that specifically to explain the blueprint behind a lot of this. But with that said... Um, like I said before, if you want that free initial consultation with Tim, uh, make sure to check out that bit.ly link in the description below. I urge people to get serious about their money. And again, you could sign up for a call there and book it at that link or at the libertyadvisor.com. That's O-R, advisor with an O-R at the end, just in case you're watching from somewhere where there's no link. But nonetheless, um, you know, this is something that we're going to have to build up from for a long time. And there's a lot of things that like this could seriously hurt all of you watching here today when these banks start toppling over and we already saw the beginning of it and now these extra downgrades and then the u.s credit downgrade i mean we are on the edge of history right now which is scary and understandably so but it also gives us an opportunity to build a new civilization that's much better than this one in the aftermath of the collapse of this one so it's going to be a few years out before we're going to get to that um, point where we could start building again. By the looks of it, China and, and Russia, with the BRICS alliance and Saudi Arabia and all that, um, China's demographics are not looking good. So uh, long term, they will come crashing down. But in the meantime, they will be propped up as a new leaders for a while. It'll be technocratic enslavement worldwide. And we're already starting to see that to a great scale. And that will go on for several years. And when that's over, if you've been able to prepare today enough that tomorrow and, and a few years from now, you can start building again and make sure that you get to be the the renaissance you get to be the people that build on top of the ashes of this this tower of babel they're building right now this technocratic marxist totalitarianism to be able to build on top of that we get to start fresh we get to be the reset not them they'll try to reset us they'll fail eventually i mean we look at history that's always what what happens sometimes it takes uh, 10 years, sometimes it takes a thousand years. But if we are prepared today and we have enough information as we try to deliver to all of you, then we can make it going forward. So I urge people to check those links in the description and we try to bring as many solutions as possible. We have heavensharvest.com for long-term storable foods that are non-GMO. We have organic kits, heirloom seeds, water filtration and storage, and books on how to get started. Use code WAM 
WAM, and you get free shipping on much of these products. And even if you don't qualify, I still urge you to use that code WAM, WAM. Again, you you know, give a man a fish, you'll feed him, feed his family tonight. But if you teach a man to fish, you'll be able to feed his family for a lifetime. And this is one of the things that I try, that I hope to bring to you because I know every time someone buys one of these things, I feel like I could, I may have just saved or helped them save their life. Of course, you have to take that action yourself. And by the way, you can now use Afterpay over at HeavensHarvest.com, which means you, c- you don't have to pay all at once, which save y- saves you a lot of trouble because, of course, you know, it's not the cheapest thing to protect yourself, but it's the most important thing. Um, of course, we have Lion Energy linked below with a bunch of, uh, you know, different things like lithium battery, solar generators, power banks, solar panels. Um, again, you save a bunch of money if you go through us on there and you get free shipping and you get a hundred percent money back guarantee. This could help you, uh, you know, avoid the very real threat of just being completely dependent on the government grid when it goes down. Yeah. Just pr- pretend the power is out for a day and then see what things you don't have access to that you'd like to have access to. And then especially find if you're the in appro- Arizona in the heat and to find the appropriate amount of either battery storage or solar that you need to get in order to make that work right. for you. Because, you know, you don't want to wait until the power's already out to try to to do this sort yeah. of stuff because then they're not going to be able to get it. And so, you know, I think these along with, you know, other generators are great ways to be able to, I, uh, you know, get us through whatever, whatever they have coming. And so, yeah. you know, are, do you want to charge your phone? Do you want to charge, you know, laptops, but I mean, probably even more uh, essential things, but, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, but you know, it's still, it is a communication tool. And so I would do a dry run and try to see, okay, well, you know what, I have this some little 100-watt thing. Maybe I need to get some bigger panels or maybe I need to go check out some other battery solution storage. But you want to do it now. This is not to go green to be sustainable. It's to help uh, be more independent from the government so you don't have to accept their mark. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, all those links are below. And also health is a very important part of this. So make sure to check out rncstore.com, Richardson Nutritional Center, your source for Laetril online, made famous by G. Edward Griffin's book, World Without Cancer. Get your apricot seeds, Laetril, amygdalin, and vitamin B17 there. You could also use, if you can't find our link, if you're watching on, um, you know, London Real or Twitter or wherever, um, you can just use code Josh, J-O-S-H. That should work just fine. And again, uh, we just recently interviewed uh, Dr. John Richardson's son, John Richardson Jr. I urge people to check out that video as well. If you want to help support us here at World Alternative Media, um, I I got back recently from Oxford, UK, um, doing a documentary on 15-minute cities. And I'll tell you what, uh, I went into debt for over $10,000. So um, we've raised $4,456 so far. So I appreciate that. That is really, truly appreciated. Um, we need to get up to 10000 at least because um, I still have to pay off a bunch of this debt. I'm super broke. And on top of that, um, <laughs> you, know, you know, independent media, it's very funny. We don't get a, a billion dollars from Big Pharma, and I don't want it anyway. But, uh, the Canadian government. <laughs> yeah, but I still have to do licensing for music, background music for clips and all that stuff, which is going to cost a, a few thousand dollars. Uh, I have to go around to a few places in the U- United States and interview people. So if you want to help support us, we truly appreciate it. Uh, GoGetFunding.com, Patreon, subscribe. We have, of course, a Bitcoin uh, address linked below, and we have a Cointree link in the description, which uh, you can you know, send a whole bunch of different kinds of crypto to us, including uh, privacy coins. And, of course, there is a Teespring store linked in the description of our videos where you can get merchandise. We are on Telegram, Rockfin, uh, Band.Video, BitChute, Odyssey, Rumble, and Brighteon at World Alternative Media. Tim has the LibertyAdvisorShow.com. Again, that's advisor with an O-R at the end. The Liberty Advisor Show.com, where you can find a bunch of his other content and get connected with him as well, as well as his Telegram um, group called the uh, Liberty Advisor Official Chat. Um, we're on the well, I'm on the bad guys too. You know, we got um, 
things like TikTok and Instagram, World Alternative Media, Twitter and Getter at, at World Alt Media. And of course, all the major podcast platforms as well, except, except for Spotify. Except for Spotify, where we got proudly banned, and I was shocked that that took so long. But anyway, uh, hit that like button, share on social media, hit the notification bell, and hit subscribe if you have not yet already. And as always, live by example, my friends. Live freely. This is the way forward. This is how we win. Do not follow politicians. Uh, you know, there's that old lyric from uh, Bob Dylan, which is. Uh, uh, don't follow leaders. Watch your parking meters. And uh, I would say if you don't follow leaders, then you probably won't have to worry about parking meter theft. So, you know, at the end of the day, we have options and it comes down to you. God put responsibility on your shoulders to make that way forward so that all roads lead to Rome. They say make your own path off. I appreciate everyone watching today. And uh, until next time, this is Josh Sigurdsson and Tim Pachot signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth. Be the change.